Are you a job seeker who's in transition and brings a wealth of experience? If so, I'm sure you thought at the beginning of your job search that you would have no problem finding another position. Well, unfortunately, you may have run into an employer thinking you are, quote, overqualified, end quote, for a particular position. Being labeled overqualified in and of itself is not a form of discrimination, but when an employer uses it as another way of saying you're, quote, too old, unquote, for the position, that's age discrimination. However, proving age discrimination can be difficult. Although there are many ways to combat age discrimination, let me offer you two. The first is to be prepared by knowing why employees tend to shy away from overqualified candidates. And two, to stay positive and demonstrate that hiring a candidate with significant experience can be a benefit to the company. In this episode of Pivot Point, I interview Jeff Dean, an experienced professional who successfully navigated his way through a career transition. Welcome to Pivot Point, Success is a Journey. Pivot Point is a podcast of Taylor for Success, a nonprofit organization that seeks to empower job seekers to achieve economic self-sufficiency. My name is Liz Hart, and I'm the founder and executive director of Taylor for Success. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you. Make sure to like this podcast and hit subscribe so you don't miss a new episode. If you've been listening for a while, thank you for coming back and welcome again to Pivot Point Success is a Journey. Hi, everyone. So welcome back to Pivot Point Success is a Journey. I am so excited to have with me on the podcast today, Jeff Dean. And I'm going to read his bio um, so that you can get a little bit better sense of who he is and his background. So Jeff Dean is a certified public accountant with broad accounting and finance experience. For almost three years, Jeff has worked for your part-time controller or YPTC as a controller where he provides accounting services to a number of nonprofit organizations. From 2009 to 2018, Jeff supported Harvard University in finance and accounting roles, including serving as corporate controller and head of financial planning and analysis for Harvard Management Company, the administrator of the Harvard University's endowment. Earlier in his career, Jeff worked in finance roles for J.P. Morgan Chase, Bear Stearns, Aero Electronics, Arthur Anderson. Jeff is currently a volunteer chief financial officer for the Boston chapter of the Association of Latino Professionals of America, or ALPHA. ALPHA is the largest professional organization for Latinos in the United States with over 100,000 members. Jeff and his wife, Julie, are passionate about music and try to attend as many concerts as possible. They are diehard Bruce Springsteen fans and have seen over 100 of his concerts to date. They recently relocated to Oswego, New York, where they work remotely and enjoy spending the summers in their vintage trailer on Lake Ontario. Jeff was part of the 50 plus networking group when he was in transition several years ago which is where I was first introduced to Jeff. And since he is passionate about helping others, 
I thought his story of transition would be perfect for this podcast. So Jeff, thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you, Liz, for having me. Yeah, great. If you could just tell um, everyone how you got to where you are today, that would be great. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's obviously been a, a big journey. Um, I've had a lot of changes throughout my career in the organizations that I've worked for. Um, when I was at Bear Stearns, there was a major restructuring. We were acquired by JP Moore. We were acquired by JP Morgan. Um, so I had to look for a job uh, during the financial crisis um, and then went to work for Harvard Management Company in Boston. And they had a major restructuring in 2017. Uh, what was interesting about that is that uh, since I worked in the planning and analysis group, I was involved in doing some analysis related to the restructuring and knew my position would ultimately be eliminated. Um, so at, at that point, that's when I started, you know, looking for things to do in terms of a, a job search. And I did come across, you know, the 50 plus networking group uh, in the New England area. That was a big help to me. Um, one of the things uh, that I never realized uh, was, was as important was the networking aspect of this whole thing. Um, and realized how important it was when I needed to find a job in, in 2017. And um, what I learned is that the more that you do, the more comfortable you get. Um, it was definitely outside of my comfort zone, having conversations with people who I never knew or had never met before. Um, and what made it a little more challenging at the time is that it had to be, uh, it was meeting people in person. So where you could have maybe a half hour meeting, it took about three hours out of your day between the time that you had to go prepare for it and meet somebody and then and then come back. So um, the one thing, again, I would say about that is that um, the networking, reaching out to people, the networking 50 plus group was really a very beneficial to me. Um, I met some great people, got some great tips. Um, while I was there, I founded a job search group uh, working with a number of other professionals. Uh, and we would meet periodically and um, you know go over goals for a week uh, in terms of what we wanted to accomplish. And we you know held each other accountable. So I would strongly recommend um, clearly networking, critical, important. Um, and then if you could start a networking group with a, several people, that's also a really good thing as well. Um, one of the things that I did um, at that time when I was looking for a new role is I had some extra time and I really enjoy helping others. And I had an opportunity uh, to work on the board of the Boston chapter of Alpha, as you mentioned earlier, uh, Alpha is the Association of Latino Professionals for America. And I happened to, my mother is from El Salvador and I happened to be Latino and gave me an opportunity to help and use some of my skills while I was looking for a new job, um, help others. And it was extremely uh, rewarding you know, for me. Um, I would strongly urge people if you're uh, during your job search, you clearly cannot spend 40 hours a week on a job search to you know keep busy. And if you have an opportunity to volunteer for organizations, definitely do it. It's extremely rewarding. 
And it also gives you, you know, a sense of purpose. And it also is a great opportunity like to network and to meet people. You just never know who you're going to wind up meeting. And when I worked on the board of Alpha, there were plenty of opportunities where people came to me and said, are you interested in this particular role or, or that role? And um, in terms of positions, um, uh, nothing came about with that, but I did that. Um, in my particular case, it was interesting because um, my priorities kind of changed as I was going and navigating through this transition. Um, I originally thought that I would do what I had been doing before, which is controller roles uh, for profit organizations, potentially in financial services and doing financial planning and analysis. And I was looking at some larger organizations um, at the time I applied, you know, to many and, you know, had been rejected. I mean, I would go for interviews. Um, I would, uh, what was interesting is that in many cases, I never heard back from organizations after I went to meet with them and, and didn't understand that. I thought maybe it was me. I came to realize it wasn't me. It's really the organizations that didn't have, you know, good practices in place. Um, and then at times I was told um, when I applied for roles that I was, um, I had too much experience for the role. And that kind of surprised me a, a little bit only because people's priorities shift over time. And what I was most interested earlier, maybe in terms of more responsibility, um, you know, may have changed for me. So I think that recruiters really need to be more educated. I definitely think there's an age bias out there. There's no question about that. Again, the way I look at it is if I met minimum requirements, I was capable and willing to do the job, you know, how could they tell me that I was, you know, overqualified? You know, would an organization rather have a younger person who might be in a job for a few years or someone who already has the skills, has done it, and could do an equal or better job? Um, I also believe that, you know, older workers are more loyal to organizations and, you know, I was looking and saying, was I missing something? But again, it wasn't me. It was really, it's the organizations. Um, you know, I had passion. I had the skills and commitment. Um, you know, I got over the feeling of uh, rejection and disappointment. And I began to focus on what I enjoyed doing and was really thinking about what my priorities were, reevaluating and assessing it. So for me, when I did that, those priorities were providing value in accounting and finance to organizations that I worked for, making an impact on the work that I do. I wanted to work for an organization with a great culture. The way I look at it is if an organization interviews me and doesn't even respond and let me know that I didn't get a job, that's not a place I'd like to work for. Um, I'm mission driven um, and I wanted to help others and that my work with Alpha really gave me that opportunity in this in, in this period. Um, ideally, I wanted to work in a hybrid role or potentially fully remote. And I enjoy helping nonprofit organizations. So um, what I would share with your listeners is you really need to be like persistent and stay positive. There are many times when you can get down, but you really, um, it's important to, to keep uh, a positive. Um, it's obvious to people, I think, if you're not, when you interview, 
Um, you know, in my career, as you mentioned, I worked for a number of really large and prestigious organizations. Um, I worked for Arthur Anderson early in my career. They were one of the top accounting firms in the world at that time. Arrow Electronics, uh, I worked doing planning and analysis, and they were a $10 billion distributor of electronic components and computer products and were the largest in the world at the time. Um, Bear Stearns, an investment bank, I worked for them. And at the time, I didn't have any financial services experience and got hired. And then JP Morgan hired me and I was with them for a year. And they were one of the top investment banks in the world. Um, and as you mentioned, Harvard Management Company, they managed Harvard University's endowment. And at the time when I worked for them, they had the largest endowment for university in the world. So um, I have to say that despite that experience working for all those organizations, um, I now work for an organization, this YPTC, your part-time controller. It's a small organization. Um, right now, when I first started, I think we had 250 employees. Now we have probably 650, and that's in about three years. So we're growing pretty significantly. Um, most of the time, I'm an individual contributor in my career. Um, most of it was spent managing teams. Um, and I have to say, I'm probably the happiest that I've ever been in, in my life between doing that and continuing to and work with nonprofits and continuing to volunteer and do the work with the Association of Latino Professionals for America. So, um, you know, that's my story. And I'm happy to answer, you know, any other questions that you might have. Yeah, Jeff, thank you. Um, again, you know, hearing your story again makes me smile because you hit on so many points that I try to get across to job seekers. Um, and I'll start with the point that um, that there is rejection in job search, definitely, and you've got to expect that. Um, but I like when you talked about you would interview and not hear back and you think it was you. And, you know, you come, came to realize that it was a company not having um, good practices, which I think is is key. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, I mean, again, I think it was probably because um, I learned that a couple, one primary way, because my wife actually is in recruiting and that's what she <laughs> does for a living. And I know the way that they practice um, at the organization that she works for. And, and they always... Even if somebody applies for a role um, and they just review the application and they're not qualified for whatever reason, they send a letter to the individual. So um, it was just one of those things where it just surprised me if I, you know, go in interview with a number of people in an organization, spend a half a day, yeah. don't hear either way, and then you're not even sure if you should be contacting them or mm -hmm. what you should do. And so that I guess that surprised me. Um, but again, you have to stay positive and just realize um, that you're doing the best that you can and it's not you and it's it's you, another organization. And again, like I said before, when I look back, I say to myself, is that really the organization that you want to work for anyway? I mean, what kind of culture do they have overall? So, yeah, that that is that was my second point. Um, I say that all the time that when you're a job seeker, and I, and I understand people who have to get something right away to support their family, and, and I, I get that. But if you have some some leeway and you can think about, you know, is this a place that I really want to work for and with? Are these people that I want to be around, you know, six, 
seven, eight hours a day. Um, and if they're not respecting me enough to get back to me, to me, that's a red flag. It really is. And, um, and I wish more employers knew how important it is. I mean, I understand that employers see many, many people and they're busy, but as a job seeker, you're, you're so vulnerable. And just even hearing a no is better than hearing nothing. So um, definitely. And, and, you're not, and you're not even sure if you should contact them or not, yeah, or how long right. to wait and those kind of things. So yeah, um, you're like, what, what do I do now? You know, do I wait a week? Do I wait two weeks? And, um, and I don't know if you came across this at all in your interviewing, but um, I've heard people going on, you know, second interviews, third interviews, fourth interviews, fifth interviews, and still not getting the job, which I think is just um, crazy. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I've I definitely did that. The other thing I was contemplating is whether or not I would stay with Harvard University since mm. I spent a number of years working for Harvard Management Company. Um, and I actually interviewed for a number of roles there uh, for like directors of planning and analysis at some of the schools there. And even at Harvard University, where I worked, um, there were cases where I went for in several in several cases, more than one interview, and then never even heard back from Harvard. <laughs> so uh, that really surprised me, too. Um, but again, you know, where I landed is, uh, you know, where I'm, I'm really content and happy to be right now at my career. So again, you just, you really need to just be persistent and just stay positive. That, that's really key. Um, but you have to be also proactive in your job search yeah. and you can't wait for things to come to you. You really need to reach out to others and to network as much as possible. And like I said before, I just, I guess I never really thought I never had to and never thought it was that important until I, I really needed to yeah. find a role, you know, in 2017 and and started. And the more you do it, um, you know, the easier and more comfortable it gets. You meet some really great people and you realize that there are a lot of people out there who really like to help others and want to help others as well. Um, and what they say about networking is, you know, you give to get. So yeah. When you network, it's also about what you potentially can provide to other people as well and how you can help them. So, Yeah, definitely. And getting outside of your comfort zone when um, all you want to do is, especially now where everything is virtual, where you could just sort of hide in your house, um, you have to get out there. Um, the other thing but I want I just, to- Oh, the other thing I just wanted to mention yeah. is it's actually much easier now, I think, mm -hmm. since you can do networking virtually. Right was before and it's a lot more productive. So like when I said that, you know, if you had a half an hour meeting with somebody, it could take three hours out of your day. Yeah. Now when you're able to have a conversation with somebody over Zoom, it takes 15 minutes, half an hour. You could do it with somebody else. So you right. could do you could meet a lot more people clearly when you're doing it virtually. Yeah, that is definitely the advantage now. And um and the the other point I didn't want to lose was the fact that you got to give to get, you know. And um I tell uh, I started a small job seekers group myself and I say, you know, if you're going to have an informational interview or any type of networking, make sure you have at least one thing that you can bring to the conversation for mm -hmm. that person so they don't feel like they're just giving, 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 you know, and um, I think that is such great advice. Um, this has been such a great conversation and, um, you know, you have such nuggets of wisdom. Um, 
one other thing I, I we have to touch on before we go is age bias. And mm-hmm. um, I, I agree with you. When you have someone who's seasoned and has the experience, they're going to be much more loyal than someone who's maybe younger and looking to bounce around in their careers. And how do you overcome that age bias? Because, I mean, someone could look at your resume and probably figure out how old you are or where you are, you know, in the experience. Um, how do you deal with that? I think it's by, you know, telling the organization about your experience and how your experience relates to what they're looking for and and showing them that you're clearly capable of doing the job. Um Again, some of it is on them as well because they really have to understand, like what surprises me is that nowadays, you know, um, that younger people tend to stay in roles for shorter periods of time. Mm -hmm. I think when I was in my career, I probably worked for organizations for at least five years um, for each organization, only because I kind of figured after a year or two, you can't really learn everything you need to learn um, so that that you could bring to your next opportunity. So I think people nowadays probably spend a year or two at organizations and then just move on. So do organizations want to continue to have to, you know, replace people and hire? It's very costly, you know. Very, very costly. Doing that, so. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, you are um, just by your demeanor and the way you talk about your position now, you're in a really good place. And I think it's so important to to spend the time to think about how do you want to work? Where do you want to work? Um, the environment, um, what skills do you want to be using so that you can make a better choice and be really happy Um where you land after your transition. And it seems that you are very happy at YPTC. And, um, and I, you know, I, I hope for all my job seekers that they can be as happy as you in in their job. Um, I know I'm happy because I started my own nonprofit and, you know, I Mm -hmm. wouldn't change a thing. Um, And I think that people just need to, to figure out what it is they like to do. Do you have any advice about that? Um. A lot of soul searching, a lot of thinking yeah. about, um, you know, what you had been doing and and thinking about, like, really, where do you see yourself in a couple of years or five years? And the other thing is you have to realize that priorities like change over time. And so earlier in my career, I was probably more focused, um, you know, when I was uh, had a, a young family and wanted to buy a home, mm-hmm. I was more focused on compensation and over time things change and it's more right now about like quality of life and the culture of the organization that I work for. Um, You know, I have to say some of the things that happened in my career were rather surprising. Um, When I was in financial services, uh, I'm not going to name the organization, but one of the organizations I worked for uh, the first day I was there, I remember the head of my department, came to me and he just said, I just want to let you know that Monday through Friday, I own you. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and you have the weekends to yourself. So clearly if somebody came to me now and said that, I'd probably laugh. Yeah. Um, at that time, it was like I did whatever I had to, to, you know, to support my family and to do, I had some financial goals and things like that. So again, it's just reevaluating it. Also being open to doing some like different things. So again, mm. I really thought that um, 
for me, I would do the same type of thing and manage a team of people and, and do that. And it's different now in that I'm, I'm more often an individual contributor, do a lot right. of the work in the details on my own, which I actually had experience doing before. Um, but I did really still like managing and leading people and helping and mentoring people. And I still have the opportunity to do that. And I would encourage people to think sometimes out of the box, how can you satisfy that need? Mm -hmm. For me, um, the Association of Latino Professionals for America, our chapter in Boston has a coaching and mentoring program. Uh -huh. So when I first got involved with it, them, I decided that I would be a mentor um, in that program and I've done it you know, for three years, I think in a row. And so I was able to still do that and get that satisfaction, mm -hmm. like helping others and mentoring others and coaching, but not doing it through my job, doing it through right. and as a volunteer. So yeah, volunteers are, are so key, um, especially you know nonprofit organizations where you know staffing is so lean and limited. Um, and I think it's a win-win situation for everyone. Um, Jeff, I want to thank you for your time today, for all the nuggets of wisdom that you've uh, given my listeners. And I wish you the best in um, your future endeavors and um, traveling around in that that vintage. Um, well, actually, the trailer doesn't move. It's on a lake, but it's- Oh, uh, really? Yeah. So it's a trailer with an attached porch. Cool. Um, and so it was one of those things where during the pandemic, uh, we had an opportunity to, to buy it and we did. Um, and so my wife and I really enjoy doing that. It's There's nothing- more relaxing at the end of the day to go, you know, outside and, and sit out for a couple of hours and watch a sunset. So, oh, yeah. Oh. So it's something that we enjoy doing. It's that quality of life. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely Thanks. about the quality of life. So. Definitely. I totally agree. Thank you so much, Jeff. I appreciate that. I appreciate your being on the call today. No worries. It was a pleasure speaking with you and However, I can help other people and just give them some, some of my tidbits of advice and things to think about, I'm always willing to do that. So thanks. Great. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Pivot Point, a podcast of Tailored for Success. Tailored for Success is a nonprofit organization that empowers job seekers to become economically self-sufficient by providing resources, skills training, and supportive reinforcement. Since 2000, we have been empowering job seekers to secure employment and advance within their careers. To learn more, I encourage you to visit our website at www.tailoredforsuccess.org where you can sign up for our newsletter, receive services, or volunteer to support our mission. You can also get daily updates by joining our Facebook or LinkedIn group and by following us on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for listening to Pivot Point.